Hello, welcome to episode 26 of the Glasgow Motorway Archive podcast, a podcast all about the history and construction of the city's motorways and expressways. I'm John Hassel. And I'm Stuart Baird. We have a delightful podcast for you this time. We're heading east again, all the way through to Edinburgh, because this episode we are going to be talking about the Edinburgh City Bypass, the A720, a road that fascinates a lot of people, but there isn't really a lot of information about out there in the public domain. No, so, there wasn't. John, it's all yeah. very much his baby this time. <laughs> He's gonna no, no pressure. Yeah, it's totally been my week this because as yep. Stuart, you've said, there's not been much information about it. So we, we've had to get a lot of that information in, and we have had some help. Yes, we have, and know? we must say early on, thank you very much to Graham Yule, mm-hmm. uh, one of our listeners who supplied quite a bit of information to us to enable us to produce the podcast in the detail that Absolutely. you're going to hear this evening. Um, thanks to Graham, we have been able to fill in quite a few gaps, especially in our the knowledge. dates and the order yep. and the sequence of it because it wasn't as straightforward construction as we we yeah. thought initially i can confidently state having seen john's notes that by the mm-hmm. end of the, this podcast it will be the most information heavy source of <laughs> info and facts and figures about the edinburgh bypass anywhere on the internet wow everyone's going to be kept awake by that there's probably so much here that we probably can't put it all into one podcast but we will try we might even have to have a follow-up one. yeah we'll absolutely. see it is one of these fascinating routes that people talk mm-hmm. about, but there isn't really a lot of info on it, as no. I said. And I'm kind of glad that we're the ones that are filling that gap. Absolutely. Uh, it's nice to, to research some new subjects and, and, and It's get not out just there. Glasgow. If we find information in the East, we will share. I mean, we've done an M91 and everyone loved that. Yeah, that was very popular. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, we don't just focus on Glasgow as people well aware by now. Mm-hmm. Uh, which, so, yeah. Anyway, what else are we doing this, this episode? Afterwards, we'll be taking some questions. Now, we have had, oh, some, yeah. had some questions, obviously, about the Edinburgh City Bypass because we, we did tell you we were going to be doing this yes uh, but we have some other general questions and we hopefully have time for them all we should have yeah that. i mean there is a lot to cover um, mm-hmm. the, the, in this edition so we won't hang about too long no. um obviously we are still on lockdown and we are not really a great deal that we can say about that so frustrating the weather is lovely as well yeah and here we are in here kind of limited by what we sure can do. it's not bad i mean we're doing podcasts yeah we're podcasting we're keeping lucky us busy. hopefully yeah. keeping others occupied and entertained yeah. as well oh, so i think at that think. point we'll just get straight into it john so Tell us all about the A720. Okay, so the A720, or the Edinburgh City Bypass, or its posh name, the City of Edinburgh Bypass. Also known as the Road to Hell. (laughs) Careful now, some people might love it. You never know. Uh, So this is a road that that, uh, bypasses Edinburgh, and it goes all the way from um, Gogar, the Guile, in Mm -hmm. the west. And it goes around the south of Edinburgh, all the way past. So it's, it's, it's going around, and eventually it meets the A1 at Old Craig Hall. Okay. Okay. Now, this was built in stages as late on as starting construction in 1979. Oh, okay. Yeah. Mm -hmm. With the final sections of it opening that we have right up in 1989. Okay. So, about a decade worth of construction. It is a funny, funny thing, this, because in Glasgow, we don't have that much in that era. No. But in Edinburgh, um, this is when they got their, their major road, their oh. only road. <laughs> this is what happens when you're playing catch-up to the most exactly. important part of the country. And, and what, it, what a catch-up project it is, you know, when we really start getting into this. So a bit of background then. Um, that for as long as the motor car has existed, they've always wanted to bypass Edinburgh. You know, it, it came around, I mean, sure, we've both seen these Edinburgh uh, urban motorway plans. Yep. And, and the transport plans that they had for Edinburgh, which was, again, a kind of series of rings. Yes, yep. Um, which is where this has been lent from, mm-hmm. you know? Yep. Um, but to imagine that time where Glasgow had its urban motorways, yep. you know, from the 70s. Yeah. Important to say that Edinburgh had its Abercrombie report as well. It did, um, yeah. And, and Abercrombie proposed a number of roads for, for the uh-huh. city there. Uh, that was followed up by a number of plans through the 50s. Mm-hmm. Um, so really, I think what they ended up with was the intention to have an inner ring road, an intermediate ring road, and then an outer ring road. Mm-hmm. But I think also in some of the proposals, there was also a northern ring road as well. You oh. know, something that runs around the north of the city. Uh, is that the A199 road at the yeah. moment? So it would have been kind of upgraded version where you go through Leith and things yeah. like that, and it would eventually meet the kind of Portobello Bypass, which yeah. is the A1. Yeah. Now, for yeah. anybody who knows anything about Edinburgh, there was a lot of dither, there was a lot of delay, there was mm. a lot of protest, and basically anything that was substantial uh, mm-hmm. within the city itself was, was more or less cancelled, other than one or two tweaks. I mean... I, 
there were other roads as well that were proposed that also were cancelled. So really, mm-hmm. the, the, the bypass, the outer bypass, is the only remnant of any of those plans that mm-hmm. actually was constructed in any form. We yep. got a road out of it in the end. But just to go back to my point, I mean, it didn't fully open until 1989, right? That's madness. But if you think about that to Glasgow, what we had at that time, we were lucky. If, if Glasgow hadn't had the M8 by 1989, it would have mm-hmm. been crippled. Exactly. Yeah. What would it have been like for people in Edinburgh and those other areas without that bypass road? It must have been hellish. Yeah, car ownership in Edinburgh has always been far higher than it is in Glasgow. Exactly. You know, so you've got that and and goods vehicles and everything. It's 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 crazy. It boggles the mind. You yes. know that this bypass actually came so late. Yeah. You know, at the time. Yeah. So. Should we get into talking about a little bit of the uh, the construction of this and, and how it all came about, the background? So it, it it was actually given its final approval quite quite late on. It was around about 1975, uh, right, but it was okay. eventually given the go-ahead to go. Now, we remember, you know, we've spoken about this period. There was there was economic trouble at the time. There was the oil crisis, so which did delay these things somewhat. Mm-hmm. But it was also all very political and where these things are going to go. Yeah, Edinburgh's, Edinburgh's one of these authorities that changes mm. hands quite frequently. Yeah. And that's something that's happened through the years as well, well between it going Tory, then going Labour, then going Liberal, then going SNP, then Tory, and then yeah. Labour. Yeah, it's, a, it's a, just about every colour possible in the last 50 years. And I think that constant change of administration... Of course it does, because these road proposals were, were often the uh, the central point of argument over, over council elections yeah. and things like that. London had a similar problem. Yeah. And that's why yeah. a lot of their road schemes got got cancelled um so actually just before i go down to the route just to talk about the characteristics of it it is for all but one junction um apart from its terminus as a grade separated high quality dual carriageway high quality yeah well it has hard shoulders in sections i suppose you know it's you know it has that but it's not strictly all purpose no the edinburgh city bypass is actually a special road so it does have some restrictions on it uh, of what types of vehicles it can use and i think one of our questions goes into this as well okay. Some, somebody has a question so we can cover that later yeah. so it's dual two lane throughout its length that has some hard shoulders in some sections and it has grade separated junctions on it apart from sheriff hall which we will get to yes so let's start and go from the west to the east does that sound good yep I would say that's <laughs> that's the sensible way to do we things. Need, we need to be enthusiastic about this. I know we're not talking about our usual territory here, but I'm I'm <laughs> I'm excited because I've spent all blooming week looking into uh, this. It's an interesting road. Yeah, in in some ways. Do you know what's quite funny when you're building a road? You think you'd start at one end and go to the other. Yeah. Not this road. And <laughs> they built the middle sections first, and then you know some of the end bits came on, and then there was a gap left near to one end. So I'll I'll go into this. Mm-hmm. So the first section to actually be built was the Collington Bypass. Okay. Okay. So this this section here actually runs from what is now the Babbitton Junction. So uh, is that the one just at Wester Hills? Yes, that's <clears throat> next right. Next to the Odeon Cinema. That's right. right. So from Babbitton to the Lothian Burn Junction, it's bigger road or the one for the A702. Okay, coming up from Abington. Yeah. Yes. Okay. So this was the, so that included like uh, Dreghorn was in there, uh, the Waterleith Bridge. That's the big viaduct just yes. south of Lanark Road. Yes. Uh, the A70, where the A70 mm-hmm. crosses. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know quite a bit about some of the, the bridges on these, more yeah, so than I do. I have inspected pretty much every structure on that route twice in my, well, my career. Fantastic. Um, the road must be very safe then. I, I, I'm sure it is. <laughs> so yeah, the Collington Bypass was the first section. So work actually started in early 1979 on this. Okay. And the contractor who was awarded the work was Balfour Beatty. Right. And it was six million. Okay. Well, they were, they were mm-hmm. putting... Um, it's quite cheap. That's quite a low amount for 1979. It, it really is. Um, and considering that the fact that you've got that large structure and other things yeah, in there. Yeah. Um, so the final cost, this this was the, the cost figure that I've got here, is what it was awarded at the time when it okay. came in over or, mm-hmm. or under. Now, it's worth mentioning that the the design of this road, now we often talk about the design in Glasgow by Scott Wilson Kirkpatrick. Yes. This was all council done. Okay, because it's in that era now where yes. everything's so, been Lo- done This internal. was a regional council, yeah. yeah. So Lothian Regional Council actually had their own in-house road design and uh, they, they did design the route yeah. uh, okay. that went through. Just like sections of the Glasgow motorway system. Yeah, yeah. so that's just it. So this Collington section was the first of five sections to, okay. to open. Uh-huh. Um, so this little, And the reason why they chose this section first was they felt that these areas that it was bypassing, Collington, 
was the most congested and mm-hmm. they'd have the most benefit going going from there even though it didn't really connect to anything at either end it was better than nothing okay you know? yeah. it's a bit, like, mm-hmm. a bit like townhead stage one if we yeah, think about it yeah <laughs> just to draw some comparisons there mm-hmm. so on that section uh mentioned from babberton we've got the draghorn junction now there's something strange about the draghorn junction uh, it also includes something called the Draghorn Link Road, yeah, which was put in a huge. It's actually in a big rock cutting. Yeah, I've been along. Yeah, it's been along it's actually quite things. impressive. Just round from the barracks. That's right. That's one of the main driving forces behind that junction where it, why it went in. What I've read in some of these papers and some of the newspaper articles that went in. Um, another thing I did put, and this was plucked from the Saber Wiki. Okay, mm-hmm. um, that that junction, although that section of road actually opened in 1981. Which is the first section to open, Draghorn Junction what wasn't functioning at that stage. It wasn't the link road and so on wasn't there. That was actually opened at a later date. Now I don't have that date that, here. That seems unlikely to me. Uh right. for the reason that the bridge, I know the bridge itself and the junction was built at the same time as the bypass. But was the link road constructed well, at the same time? Because what, that's what that's what I couldn't find out. Bear in mind there are roads and things that go into the army range. Mm. that are north, uh, sorry, south of the road there. So they would have required access from somewhere near the barracks. Mm-hmm. So... thing is with the Draycon Junction, it only goes one way uh, when you come out of it. It's just that link road. Yeah. And then it, t- it takes you and in the there. services. And, and the, the services, services which yeah. did come later. Right, okay. Mm-hmm. That's interesting. Yeah. That's interesting. So we need to... Uh, well, p- let's put that out to people. People... Yeah. Dreghorn Link Road, did it open at the same time as the bypass or did it come a wee bit later? Mm. If it came later, was it just a year or so, a few months, or was it a long period of time? Yeah. Something to corroborate what the, the Sabre Wiki is saying about it, yeah. because it all seems a bit funny, to be honest I, I'm almost tempted to bring up some of the old maps while we're chatting here just to see if it's on it at the same time. Or, Possibly. Yeah. That would be a good idea. Yeah. Do you know I heard a myth about this junction? Oh. This is, this is a myth, and I've never... The funny thing is, while doing the research into this, I have never seen this mentioned anywhere but someone told me that they got the slip roads the wrong way around at Dreghorn yeah, yeah, have you heard this one I, I, I've heard that before what, I don't see how that could the, possibly the diverge slips so the off slips are, yeah. are, are the length that what the merge slip should be in the other way around making it potentially um, I don't know unsafe whatever but it's never anything that I've observed or no. looked at on the ground do you, do you know what I'm saying though I doubt that would ever but who would make that kind of mistake where they do it the wrong exactly. way around? And then there would be safety audits and there'd be all sorts of things undertaken mm. both before no, and after it, it was built. I, and a contractor would notice something like that and go, hang on a minute, are you sure yeah. this design's right? No, I, I don't We've think We've got there's... very short off-slips but a very long, long on-slips or yeah. vice versa. I don't think like there's any truth in that, to be honest. I can't remember who told me. I think it was a colleague, actually. Um, but uh, it was just a, a strange thing that somebody said to me yeah. about it. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Do you want to know another strange thing about the bypass, Stuart? Always. Did you know? I mean, I, I was just giving you a, a profile of the route there, and you're familiar with it. Mm-hmm. But it's the, for the benefit of our listeners that it is, uh, you know, at present a dual two-lane road. Yeah. It was proposed a single carriageway. Single carriageway. Single carriageway. Jeez. In fact, it was very, very late on that they decided that they were going to add it, put it in as a dual carriageway. Now, you, hang on a minute. 1979. Yeah, but the traffic predictions were actually very low for it. But before you hop up and down about it, they were always going to build it so it could be dueled. So the structures were wide enough and the earthworks were done in such a way that it could be dueled. But then when it actually came to signing the con- giving the contract to Balfour Beatty, it was decided to duel it. It has often been stated to me by people who worked during mm. that era and you have some info on this era i think of uh, regional councils that mm-hmm. Lothian regional council was particularly inept at getting things moved forward uh, when compared say to strathclyde or highland or central <laughs> or any okay. of the other major regional councils and you know what i think it's true i think Lothian regional council really really was quite poor when it came to getting things moved forward now i have heard before that there was fights about funding for the bypass, um, that the Scottish office refused to give them significant funding because it was determined that only 30% of the traffic on it was going to be regional or or, or national traffic. Mm -hmm. So traffic heading from the west, heading to the A1 or whatever. So the Scottish office said, well, we'll give you 30% of the funding towards it. Now, okay, that's a... that's fair enough. And it is a reasonable excuse to to not build something to to a decent 
standard. But mm. come to Glasgow and look at what Strathclyde was doing. Mm-hmm. Strathclyde built parts of the Monkland motorway and the Renfrew motorway and other elements of the Glasgow motorway system and paid mm-hmm. for it themselves. Yeah. You know, so, so the, the, you know. Well, was the cash there? The cash probably was there. Yeah. But Edinburgh's, Edinburgh, in terms of rates and things like that, yeah. was going to be far richer and authority than mm-hmm. Glasgow and its suburbs probably mm-hmm. everywhere. So yeah. I, I think that there has to be something there. There has to be a further consideration here about what was the drive real behind the loading? Was it being held back by political influence, maybe? Mm-hmm. Whereas in Strathclyde, it, no, was, it was very it much was a, a labour dominated authority. And they wanted to provide that capacity off yeah. the bat, didn't they? Yeah. You know, yeah. um, which was there a lot of political dithering in Edinburgh and Lothian that's perhaps holding it back? Were they fighting with Edinburgh District Council? Mm. Who it's one of these, been, you know, you, you can take a very speculative angle on this, um, but I, I like to sometimes give them the benefit of the doubt is it was their first bit of new road that they were building. <laughs> Yeah, well, ever, yeah, but then, <laughs> yeah. but then the so, count, but the county should have been preparing for it for mm. years, you know, so prior there, to that. There might have been a big debate there about actually how many people are going to use this. Is this going to be? Are the future sections for this road ever going to come? Are yeah. we not just going to have some daft little bit of dual carriageway between Babbitton and Lothianburn? You know, hold on a minute. So maybe they did have a point, but this this whole thing about it being a single carriageway was only really pertinent to this small section. At at, um, so it was considered Collinson. for the earliest one, and yes. Never and then when the, the later ones came Obviously, on, yeah. the later ones came on, they decided, well, they're just going to build them as as yeah, your carriageway. And that would have been incredibly short sighted yeah. if they had okay. built that first section as single carriageway. Yeah. Because by the time the next section came along in the mid eighties, and car ownership was going through the roof, mm-hmm. they would very quickly realised, oh, hang on a minute here, mm-hmm. we need more of this. Yeah, yeah, no, exactly. Victim of its own success in some ways. Exactly. Right. So we're going to move on to the second section that was built. Uh, and, and I've said we start in the west and going east and we're sticking with the west. The next section that was built was actually from Babbitton up to Goga or the Guile. All right. Okay. okay yeah. So you've mm-hmm. got that section with Babbitton, you've got the Calder Junction, well, Hermiston that you've got there now, and it goes up to Goga. The thing is with this section here is this this is a, a, a piece of road. This was known as the, the Site Hill section, a second to be done, again designed by Lothian Regional Council. The contractor was Balfour Beatty. And we've got a cost here of twelve point six million for this oh, to go in. Yeah, so that's still that's quite low. But then I suppose we should make the point that mm. this was basically a rural route. Yes. It's parkland. It's not it's not an urban road. No. No, it's not. I mean um, it's it's difficult to imagine that now because of the sheer amount of urban sprawl that's on either side of it. Yeah. But at that time mm. it was going through farmland, parkland, undeveloped green belt. Yeah. It was very easy to plow it through. Basically. Well, I've got some information about how it maybe wasn't so easy in some sections when we get to that. Oh. Um, the work started on the Site Hill section between Babbitton and Gogo on, um, in September 1984, and it was completed in December 1986. So there's some cool features on this. Uh, there's an aqueduct on it for the Union Canal. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So this is where our friend Scott Wilson got involved and they actually done the work on the design for the aqueduct. Very interesting story behind this aqueduct. All right. The original proposal was that they were going to just sever the canal mm-hmm. and have it end and continue in culvert under the road yeah, or in pipes. That's what I would have done. Underneath yeah. the road because it would save M- a lot of money. Monkland it. <laughs> Edinburgh being Edinburgh uh, and despite the canal not really being open to navigation at that time, mm-hmm. uh, there was some complaints shall we say right okay and that made the regional council rethink and we know that one of the the guys at scott wilson and i know john cullen might actually have had some involvement in this i mm. uh, were tasked with you know what, what could we do and i think actually what began as an informal conversation between professionals actually led to scott wilson getting the commission to come up with an alternative there and actually design mm-hmm. and then oversee the construction of the aqueduct Mm-hmm. Um, you know, that's how that came about yeah. because somebody said oh all you have to do is such and such Yeah, and they're like well if you think you can do it then you have the work and that's basically what happened and that's how Scott Wilson got the commission got the job to um, do yeah. we have a fantastic photo of that don't we we have a whole suite of construction photos of that aqueduct that haven't been mm-hmm. digitised yet mm-hmm. uh, we will get them to you all eventually yes <laughs> oh, so, so many uh, up at the top of this section so this is the westernmost extremity of the city bypass so this is the section between Hermiston and Goga it's quite funny here it's, it's not actually trunk road the council takes it over after Hermiston and up, yeah. up to Goga so Goga used to be and there is an image of this actually Graham Graham Yule provided to us uh, of it as an at grade roundabout at Goga 
where it met met the A8. The A8, which of course at that time had still been the main route into yeah, Edinburgh yeah. from the west. There yeah. was no M8, the M8 no. didn't meet it. So um, Gogo was a flat roundabout. And then come 1993, uh, it actually opened. This was uh, this was another Scott Wilson design job was to provide the underpass at Gogo, so that the A8 traffic coming from Newbridge could go underneath and towards Maybury and into Edinburgh. Yeah. So mm. this was started in March 1992. Uh, Scott Wilson Kirkpatrick, it's Balfour job, Balfour Beatty, who yep. done this one. Mm-hmm. Cost 7.4 million. That's, yeah, that's <laughs> One junction costs more than some sections of yeah. this bypass. Yeah. But there you go. Uh, and it was open to traffic on the 16th of July 1993. It is an impressive piece of engineering, that underpass. And we have, I think, somewhere in the region of about a trillion photos of this now. Yes, we do. Yeah, <laughs> not not yet digitised. No. But, we, yeah, but we, do, the, yeah. we do have them in the pipeline somewhere. Yeah, we do. Because we came across a lot of these. So um, that, that was one of the later developments. Now, Hermiston Gate didn't come along until 1995. So this was when the M8 was extended from Clayland's Newbridge to go and actually meet the city bypass yeah. there. So could you imagine that? To get to the city bypass, you had to go over Newbridge and all these things and get to Go-Go. Oh, I remember. You, you know, I, I remember that. And, yeah. I, and I remember Newbridge Roundabout still being there and I remember how mm. awful Edinburgh was as a, as a destination to try yeah. and reach from the west. Mm. Um, it was horrific. Hermiston is, uh, is a junction that, that comes up a lot to be honest with you. Uh, so I did manage to get some information. Uh, I asked uh, a question to somebody who, who, who worked at Fairhurst, uh, who, who gave us some um, some insights into that junction because what, what happened was that Hermiston was constructed in 1995, very close to the Calder Junction. So the question I posed was, was there any you know um, consideration given uh, for, for this future extension of the M8? That came in, and this this is what was was said to me. Uh, paraphrasing a little bit, was no. Uh, the structures on that stretch, designed by Lothian Regional Council, took no account of the future extension of the M8s. Uh, I I do wonder if that was as a result of the very public cancellation of the West Approach Road in 1986. That's exactly what it is. Yeah. Because it was actually going to take a, a different route. So what they had to do, they had to modify a few structures. So culverts under the A720 had to be lengthened, and the bridge over the railway line had to be widened to accommodate the slip roads. And then um, the design was then further revised to accommodate the access into Edinburgh Park. Um, it mentions here as well about the Union Canal Aqueduct was a constraint that they had to work with when designing the Hermiston interchange. So a lot of people using Hermiston, they find you know it is a a challenging junction. Yeah. Uh, um, but actually, it's quite clever considering the space. You've got the proximity to Calder, you've got the the aqueduct and 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 all these other things, and trying to fit that in there is very very difficult. Yeah. You know. Yeah. So. Um, and it also says it was originally proposed that the extension of the Western Approach Road, which would have run along the alignment that is now used by the tram line to eventually connect up with the original section of the Western Approach Road at Westfield. So, yeah, that was already cancelled at that point. Okay, so, yeah. Yeah, so Hermiston came along in 1995. Um, and that section between Goga and Babbitton, which is the Sight Hill section, remains unchanged to this day. <laughs> So it's time to talk about the third section. So we've got our bypass in the west. Um, the next section that actually was done was what was called the Birdie House uh, section. Why Birdie House? What does that refer to? Do we it, know? Must be, it must An be area. something in, in the area. I'm sure if you go and plug it into Google, it comes Cause, up. Because yeah. I'm, I'm not good with Edinburgh suburbs. No, neither am I. When like I saw that, that in so your notes, I was like, oh, that's a new one to me. I, I, Birdie House section. Yeah. Oh, it was in some of the papers that Graham had passed to us. Right. Okay. Now, this was small. This only be, went between Lothian, Burn and Straighton. So it wasn't a particularly long section of road. Ah, right. Okay. So uh-huh. uh, the Birdie House section was, uh, the contractor for this was Tractor Shovels, Tours Limited. Oh yes. Mm-hmm. So tractor shovels, tractor shovels, sorry, and tours were two separate, <laughs> two separate organisations. Then they merged together. Come the end of of the the contract, right? Um, cost eight point six million. Work started in April nineteen eighty six. It was completed on the thirteenth of June nineteen eighty eight. Mm, okay. So there you go. Mm-hmm. Quite late on. Um, one of the things with this, very few buildings were demolished on this one. I think I think uh, some agricultural buildings and and some old army buildings or something like that were taken out. I'm just trying to remember because there was so much information was given to me. I I couldn't possibly have it all in front of me right now. Um, The two junctions that they've got on these um, at Lothian Burn and Straighton are diamond interchanges, specifically dumbbell type interchanges. They originally planned uh, that they were going to have a normal kind of um, 
a bit like St. James, or just a, a roundabout interchange, you know, with the two bridges. Yeah. But they decided, you know, it's actually just as good to have the, the dumbbell type interchange with the one over bridge, two roundabouts. And actually, um, they found giving the given the fact that you only really have one bridge it does save you a bit of money yeah uh, and and it also catered for any of the local roads that they were trying to tie into at the time so that's why they in fact you'll notice looking at the bypass it pretty much has dumbbell interchanges along its entire route or diamond type interchanges it's very cheap very straightforward design, it was a big yeah. thing in the 80s that they started bringing in if you look at like the m1 and stuff like that was designed a lot earlier you don't get that yeah you know it was always something more of uh, the 1980s 1990s yeah these, these yeah. diamond type interchanges so that section there um the next section to be opened was actually through in the east through in the east yes right at the end right at the end right okay so this this section here is the miller hill section um and this was between sheriff hall roundabout and old craig hall oh yes uh -huh. so the a1 musselboro portobello bypass was actually constructed uh around about this time you know a similar period well slightly earlier um but the bypass, which then here opened this um, Miller Hill section, opened in 1988, kind of the the autumn of 1988. Right. I do not have an exact date for this. All right. Okay. Unfortunately, uh, so that's another one I would like to appeal to people to find out. Uh, again, it was Tractor Shovels who were the contractor for it, but I, I don't have much info on it. But that ran from Old Craig Hall to Sheriff Hall Roundabout. Now everyone's thinking here, where's the last bit? You've got this. <laughs> you've got you've got this kind of a semi-orbital in the in the east, and you've got this little section, um, you know, uh, through through in the west, uh, just going to 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 uh, Straighton. Yeah. Um, so there's the actual section that goes from Straighton to Sheriff Hall Roundabout. Now this was the final part to open. So the bypass was built apart from this part here in the middle. Uh, this was known as the Gilmerton section, and this was again. Designed by Lothian Regional Council. The contractor were Miller Construction. Okay. Do you yep. remember Miller Construction? Yes, yes no. And Part of had, Miller Group. We've had discussions about them yep. previously, yeah. Mm -hmm. <laughs> That's fine. The cost for this at the time, it was actually projected to be 11.6 million, but it turned out to be nearer to 17 million uh, once, it, once it opened. Yeah, um, right. Now, this was interesting in the fact that the work started in nine, February 1988 opened on the 14th of December 1989. That's eight months ahead of its projected well, that's, yeah, opening. Yeah, that's good. Yeah. So they, they did. They really put the foot to the gas to mm -hmm. get it get it finished before the decade was out. Yeah. So the Edinburgh City Bypass, that, that covers all the sections that opened on it. There are um, there is a strange thing here where w the date it actually opened was that date of the 14th of December 1989. But officially... There is that little plaque down at Draghorn that says this on it exactly. Edinburgh City Bypass, opened by the Right Honourable Bruce Millen, CA European Commissioner, on the 19th of March 1990. A European Commissioner was used because... Yeah, he was the former Secretary of State for Scotland in the last Callaghan uh, Labour government. Yeah, I mean, they uh, there was six million towards the entire project. I mean, the whole bypass cost about 71 million. Mm -hmm. Um, six million actually came from EU funding. Right. Okay. So you know that's that why they shipped him in. That's why they shipped him in and right. put the little EU symbol and everything yeah, on there. Yep. So uh, that that's where it came from. Okay. Uh, so there's a little fact for you there. There are a few plaques, aren't there? We we thought there was only one at Drakehorn, but there was another one for this Birdie House section. Yeah, that as Graham well. had sent. Yeah, that was Which interesting was, to see. Well, yeah. I was surprised that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So there we go. Um, now. There has been some changes over the years to some things on the bypass. Um, a new junction was added at Miller Hill to accommodate the A68 being connected there as part of the Dalkeith Northern Bypass. I went and visited that site a couple of times. Did you? Yes, I did, when I was out and about. Was it early on in its construction? Or yes, late? that was the 2007, that would have been, when I mm -hmm. when I saw it couple of times ah uh, right okay just because the work the work actually started around about 2006 for for that northern bypass now we're not we're not going to talk about the a68 just now but i'd chuck this in there that was one of these schemes in scotland just like the m77 through pollock park it actually had some direct action protests did you know that did they'll keep bypass yes did it 
don't yeah, remember. Yeah, had people camped out in the trees, and they got a private security contractor up from England and cleared them out overnight. All right, okay. And I, that was the end of it, and they didn't hear any more of it after that. Right. The people camped out there. Ah, now that actually is yeah. ringing a bell now. Yeah. Ah. Okay. So there we go. They didn't pose much resistance and the road got built much to the delight of people in Dalkeith. That's one of the most inoffensive sections of road that have been built in the uh, last they, 20 they, years. They were, uh, they were a rent-a-mob. Ah. So I don't, don't think they were so they made weren't up locals. They, they were, were shipped locals. In. They were shipped in protesters from somewhere. They're the kind of people who don't want roads built anyway. Interesting. So uh, they got cleared out very, very quickly. Uh, and the road got built, as I said, uh, much to the delight of everyone. Uh, so this is a little dump hill interchange that connects the A68 to the Edinburgh City Bypass at Miller Hill. Um, that was added, uh, I mean, it, in 2008. It was actually opened 24th of September 2008 and it was built by Morganest. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Do you remember Morgan S? I remember them. Yep. Good stuff. So, Sheriff Hall's had some alterations over the years. Now, when they built Sheriff Hall, right, let's talk about Sheriff Hall because it always comes up, and there's going to be a question about this later. Why is it a roundabout? Why, isn't it, why is it not a grade-separated junction? Now, there are a few reasons for this, uh, but at the time, the, 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 the sections around, around about the middle of the bypass here had a lot of problems with old mine workings, like kind of shale mining and things like that there was yeah. a huge amount of grouting that they actually had to do in that gilmerton section okay. for it so that's why they couldn't accommodate kind of a large structure together there was also a structure provided that there was a kind of a, a ghost bridge on that section for the what was the waverley line which is now the borders railway oh yes uh-huh. you know uh but they they it was a it, it was it was severed um, so they actually had to dig it up just to put the Borders Railway in again. If anybody remembers that from a number of years ago, there were huge roadworks at Sheriff Hall, so that they could they could remove a section of the carriageway to put the Borders Railway in and then put the bypass back. Yeah. Sheriff Sheriff Hall um, is is often seen as the worst roundabout in Scotland uh, up, up since the demise of Ock and Kilns, mm. um, but it has lost that title in recent years for a couple of reasons. Um, it's been modified lately. It's been widened. It's had traffic lights added. It yeah. didn't have traffic lights yeah, for a while, yeah. Uh, but which which has actually made the situation a lot better. I mean, it, it is pretty atrocious. It's awful to have something like that there. And there are plans uh, for the grade separation of that junction with a with an overpass over it. But I I would say Worley's is a is is far worse now than Sheriff Hall. Yeah, I mean, Worley's can be. Uh, well, Worley's be. is the new Sheriff <laughs> Hall. Ock and Kilns used to be the worst. And Whitlitz in here has always been bad as well. On the A77, yeah. that's another bad roundabout. I've always caught that at a good time. Mm, yeah, I've it was bad. Again, it was, uh, I think they trebled the capacity mm. on it about 10 years ago, and it hasn't been just as bad since. Do you know something about it, though? I've never actually had personally a really rough time at Sheriff Hall when I've been in the car. I, I have had once. Yeah. Once in an evening peak, mm-hmm. and I vowed I would never, ever go anywhere near the city bypass in an evening peak ever again. It's, it's horrific, horrific, especially going uh, it, eastbound. It's a, Horrible road. Yeah, it's it's very bad. We'll we'll, we'll get on to slagging it off uh, once we once we talk about things. So I think Stuart, that's all the modifications that happened. I mean, well, in the early two thousands, they did add hard shoulders. So the hard shoulders were added, yes, um, round at the western section. Um, that's right, because they suffered badly from breakdowns and and, and congestion at that time. Mm. Uh, now the eastern sections of the bypass are just as bad for congestion as the west. Yeah. Uh, sections were at that the, time so really everywhere. hard shoulders along the entire length would not be a bad thing they added concrete step barrier yeah to maximise well. the available space yeah, yeah. so yeah. that's another upgrade that now Sheriff done. Hall is obviously currently in line mm-hmm. to be grade separated yeah I mentioned that earlier. as you, as yep. you said hmm. um, we should state Mm-hmm. that as a precondition for the Scottish Government's budget being passed for this financial year, yep. they required the support of the Green Party. Mm-hmm. And one of the preconditions that they came up with to support the budget was that the scheme be reviewed. Mm-hmm. So the grade separation scheme is currently under review by Transport Scotland. Ah, okay. So just taking a, another look at it to see if it's absolutely required. Yeah. You yeah. Know. So it'll be interesting to see if it actually goes through review. If it doesn't, mm-hmm. I, personally speaking... These are the opinions of Stuart Baird. Would think that mm-hmm. would be an incredibly short-sighted view, yeah. Uh, because Edinburgh has so much house building going on in the south, mm. and having been through Pennycook in some of the areas in Midlothian recently, I was astounded mm-hmm. at the sheer number of, of houses. private housing developments and are these that are popping the, up the in the south of Edinburgh. Car-dependent, of course they are, because you're so far out from the city yeah. that even to get to a park and ride facility, mm. all of which of them at that location are north 
of the bypass. Sheriff Hall is going to continue to get worse, mm-hmm. and I and I think that uh, I think it would be a poor decision if that mm-hmm. great separation didn't go ahead for the sake of a few very small minority of people uh, who are being provided with active travel methods mm-hmm. and, and infrastructure as part of this junction upgrade. Now, I'm not saying the design's necessarily the best in the world, mm-hmm. but it's certainly a hundred times better than what's there at the moment. No, absolutely. Well, it's w- w- the the chosen design was a flyover over the top, wasn't it's it? It's a flyover with, uh, is, it, is it two roundabouts? Is it a dumbbell-type interchange? No, it wasn't a dumbbell. It not was a to dumbbell keep, keep, the... keep the roundabout underneath. Underneath, the, is that the right? Is, yeah, and the flyover, way. and then they're, they're realigning one of the other roads runabout um, as well. So, mm. yeah, I mean, it's needed. Yeah, no, definitely. Um, but we'll, we'll now talk more about the function of the road. Uh, with these things uh, and we'll, we'll stick with this sheriff hall yeah uh, so can i provide a little bit of a, a counter argument that some people have made users of the road is they feel that the great separation perhaps of sheriff hall it would be like pulling out the plug of a bathtub all that traffic on that that pm peak going eastbound where's your next problem it's going to be old craig hall well, old Craig Hall's been improved in advance of that work. That's I mean, correct. That yeah, was... they've added they've uh, they've added some additional capacity to the roundabout and traffic signals as well. Yeah. So old Craig Hall, in my my view, mm. has already been prepared. Yeah. For it now, Calder and Hermiston. I'm sorry, but there's nothing you can do to make that any any better or, yeah. uh, than it is without significant work. Even um, even bombing it would be an improvement. Yeah. So <laughs> I. I, I <laughs> John Cullen always used to say, you know, these roads only have a capacity and that maximum capacity can't be beaten. Yeah. You know, so it's already over capacity. So the queue, okay, the queue might get a bit longer, mm-hmm. but it's going to be the same queue that was already at Sheriff Hall. So mm. yeah, it might make one queue look a bit longer, but really there might not be any extra traffic. You know what I mean? Yeah, I know what you mean. I, I um... And I, I don't know what the proportion of traffic mm. actually at Sheriff Hall that goes all the way to Hermiston is. You know, yeah, I mean, it could be a lot of turning traffic. You've got to remember, you've got your A7 there. You've got two main roads that go yeah. into Edinburgh itself. Exactly. Getting into the kind of southern and uh, eastern sections of the city. Yeah. And Dalkeith. Yeah, exactly. I you don't know. know what the proportion of vehicles going all the way from Old Craig Hall to Hermiston or Goga is mm-hmm. every night. I am mm-hmm. just not sure. Yeah. I'd imagine it's fairly substantial. Somebody needs to find out. But anyway, yeah. well, they, they probably have, looking at these things. Of um, course, they will have, yeah. I think another particularly tricky section of the bypasses around about Draghorn and Babbitton. Um, and I think, uh, you know, in these areas, it'd be particularly difficult um, if you want to provide... And now, we have the hard shoulders there, but uh, really, if you look at the kind of traffic flows that we're getting on the Edinburgh City Bypass and Stuart, I take it they're in the 60,000, 70,000 mark. Yeah. I know what they are, but they are beyond what the design manual for roads oh, and yes. bridges says is a capacity for a dual two-lane road. Yeah. The, the Edinburgh City Bypass and section should be dual four, and dual three in sections, yeah. you know, to, to, to build this. Up until 15 or so years ago, that mm. would have been achievable without any additional acquisition of land or property or anything like but that. But now they've built up But Edinburgh, Edinburgh, like a lot of local authorities, got greedy mm. and decided to sell off a lot of the land and allow urban sprawl to happen. And so a lot of houses have popped up. And you know what? As controversial as it might sound, mm-hmm. a number of these houses are occupied by particularly well-off people who mm. are much more difficult to please when it comes to... Well, that was always a problem at, at Babbitton. Yeah. Um, and uh, it's funny, I was actually reading a, an article about a footbridge in the area that's right up against the railway bridge near yep. there. Yeah, And they desperately wanted the footbridge to be removed yeah. Yeah. because of antisocial behaviour. And so and so there was quite a, a strong... Um, community yeah um you know that were critical of the bypass in many stages yeah do you know something i'll give give the road it's landscaped particularly well yeah i uh i like when you drive along it just from a driver's point of view you get some lovely views from that road and it's also hidden well from edinburgh side well it comes from a time when we were still landscaping our roads when we built mm. them not like the vast wastelands that we construct <laughs> now you know where you're lucky or if you get one chernobyl express yeah you know you get two trees planted when they're finished and they die within six months and never get replaced chapel hall anyone um you know so it's just because we see it all the time yeah but i mean what i find is sometimes the litter brings a bit of color no oh. <laughs> yeah sorry sorry that was too easy that was too easy yep. so um the, the the road in just just to kind of to look at it holistically <clears throat> it was built late on 
It, it was shoot, built 20 years later it than built, it should have been. It far too late. You know, I don't know what it was like. I would love to have, have been on that road when it opened and seen if it if it suffered like the M25 did of being overutilised from day one. I, I do wonder if it has only been... The situation's only been made worse by things like the construction of the A1 Expressway mm. that came a bit later that then made traffic, you know, mm. from Dunbar, Haddington, these places, making the A1 maybe a more viable option. Mm-hmm. Has that maybe encouraged it? Or that urban sprawl? What about the spur when they built the rest of the M9 spur? And then traffic from the fourth road bridge. Yeah, all came thundered down. All all came through. Because, and you've not mentioned it yet. No, because a question asks this. Uh I know we're we're going to get right right into the elephant in the room. Because you know my opinion on that. No, and we we will get right into that. Um, There is a big elephant in the room when it comes to the Edinburgh City Bypass. And everybody is probably screaming at their podcast right now. Why haven't they mentioned the... Well, I wish they had all been screaming in 1997. I know, but we will get to that. We haven't okay. forgotten about the missing bit, okay. so to speak, but we will get to that. Uh, but no, I, I just f- I find the road um, absolutely woeful. Yeah, it was hell, it's hell on earth. Uh, um, it is the most congested road I know of. Uh, yeah. Journey time reliability is horrific on it. It is um, Scotland's shame. It, it is awful. Yeah. Um, and why, oh why, not just build it as a motorway? Have it as a blue line on the map from from day one. And the only thing I think you could do now, taking into account what you said, Stuart, about how close some of these developments are, particularly Babbitton and these sections that are hard to widen, a new route will have to be be put through there if if they decide to do something. And am I right in saying there are no plans at the the moment um, for anything to actually happen with the bypass i mean i don't other than so, sheriff hall other um, than sheriff no, hall. and old craig hall and other mm-hmm. maybe minor improvements like but that we're not going to get the a720m no 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 well, there you and, go. and to be honest it wouldn't matter where it, the fact is in edinburgh doesn't help that mm. um let's be honest um yeah i i think it's restricting on the economic growth of our area with the, with the road only being well it's not stopping so edinburgh from building houses no, but businesses in particular. Yeah. If I was looking at business, I'd be like, well, I'd rather have it in the West. Yeah, the predictability you know? of being able to get your goods from east to west. It's it, awful. Yeah, it's, it, that, must, it really that, must be a, that must be a factor yeah. for businesses, you would think. Because roads aren't just about moving commuters, mm. which we know is not right. You know, there's far too many commuters on the road, as I've said before. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, these roads are here for the movement of goods. Yeah. Um, you know, and, and the Edinburgh City Bypass is a good good way to get to the east east of Scotland and the mm-hmm. southeast of Scotland, and it should be a better standard of road. For absolutely. that alone. Mm-hmm. You know, and for public transport. Yeah. No, no, you're absolutely right. Um, nothing actually of course, to your point. Again, it all comes back to Edinburgh. The, the planning people don't talk to the, the transportation people and you know, so what do you get? Oh, let's build this huge retail park at Straighton. Let's mm-hmm. build IKEA there. Wonderful. Think of the money and rates we're going to make. This is going to be wonderful. <laughs> cripples all Ah, yeah, junction. but the road that you've got there was actually built for traffic levels 15 years ago. Yeah. And it's already been exceeded by about 50% already. Ah, no one will care about that. They'll just take the bus. <laughs> no. Have you yeah. ever tried to get to IKEA in Edinburgh on a Saturday? Don't. No, no. Glasgow. Yeah, you just, just don't. You know, um, you know, so Edinburgh has done all these things no. about that road that have contributed to it becoming mm. the nightmare that it is, but now won't accept any type of responsibility for that and what, allow for it to be improved. What worries me is Edinburgh, we have to admit, Edinburgh is a very different city to Glasgow. It has a, a quite a historic centre to it. In the centre, yes. Absolutely. But you know what the tragic thing is, Stuart? People are rat-running through the city now. Yeah, to avoid the bypass. To avoid the bypass. Yeah. So the bypass is now, rather than it being saving the city, yep. it's now starting to hurt the city again yep. unless something happens to it. You know, um, but there you go. We've uh, we've had a, a strong chat about that. So why don't we go and have a look at some of these questions because there are a lot of them and, and maybe we can expand on some of these So points. we're not talking about the elephant in the room until you get to the question. There is a question about it. You're looking at me blankly. But okay. there is a question about it. And if that question has somehow been misplaced, I will talk about the elephant in the room. Okay. But I might just bring that question up first. Yes, that may be an idea. That may <laughs> so be an let's idea. go and have a look at see some of the things that have been put through. Oh, well, actually, I'm going to start with this one here. This is Mike Ashworth um, on Twitter. who says, I hope you have the Lothian RC booklets. Lothian Regional Council. I, I think that was just a tweet to show off that he had them. Do you know? Yeah. Yeah. I'm well jealous. <laughs> <laughs> no, Mike, we don't have them. Uh, we we focus mostly in Glasgow and in the West, uh, but they look terrific. Uh, this is a picture of the A702 interchange. So that's Lothian burnt in 1987. 
1988, whenever, 1988 when it opens. So that's that short section, the birdie house section. You know, it, it, we, we, own, we, we have only just started looking at the Edinburgh City Bypass because of this podcast and because of a ton of slides we got yeah. showing some photos of it. We, we really don't have a lot of material. And I'm just going to say this again. You sat here and listened to me talk about it for ages. I've probably said a ton of things that are wrong or said to you, I don't know that. Correct me. Come back with some stuff. If anyone's got any information about it, if anyone worked on the road at the time, because it wasn't that long ago. No. Have you got any stories about it? Have you got any pictures of it? Have you got any information? Get in touch. Because we will bring this stuff back up. Probably will have another podcast about this one at some point. Get in touch by email. Mm-hmm. Admin at glasgows-motorways.org.uk That's the one. So, okay. Um, Next question. Ian McIver Todd on Twitter says, Why is it so slow? The junctions are an example of how not to build a bypass. So we kind of went over this uh, because, of, because of the lack of capacity on the road. I mean, it's a dual two-lane road, which is taking traffic levels equivalent of, say, what should be a dual four-lane or dual three-lane road. Yeah. Now, he mentions yeah. the junctions on it. Mm. Um, is there a fool's your problem? I don't really think your other junctions are, are too much of an issue. Uh, we spoke about uh, Old Craig Hall. I mean, they are meant as local access junctions. The Hermiston is, is the other major interchange which connects with the with the M8. And while, no, it's not ideal, there are huge constraints there in what you can do. Yes, it'd be lovely to have something like you have at Bailiston or, yeah. <laughs> or, or, or at Maryville, a huge directional interchange. But you've got to remember... This is Edinburgh. This is Edinburgh. <laughs> oh, are you going to have a three or four level junction no. sit, sitting there? And are you also be able to do that when you've got an aqueduct yeah. uh, sitting there? You know? Well, well... Well, and you've got colder. Well, well, so you, yeah, yeah, but think when that was all built, though, there mm. was nothing there. It was no. all empty space. You know, they've constrained know, we're talking themselves. about do, doing doing it now. Yeah, they've you constrained know. themselves by allowing all that stuff to pop up around about. Well, that's it, not Fairhurst's fault. Coming along in 1995 no, to, to no, go. They, well, you know, you can only you can only play the hand you yeah, know. Yeah, I know. It's the council's fault. You know, it's the council's for fault. doing these things. Yeah. So, yep. um, but no, I mean, Ian's Ian could be sitting here with us right now. And ranting about this because that's what we've been doing yeah. about about it. So no, it's a fair point. It's only why it's slow. It's because it's uh, you know so so congested, right? Okay. Um, this looks like the next question. Uh, the question I was looking for to address the elephant in the room. Okay, because people now are going to be wondering what the hell the elephant in the room is. When they hear this, they're going to, they're going to be so relieved or really disappointed. <laughs> okay. Uh, so um, this is from Robert Kilcoin. This is another Twitter one. Yep. Were any plans ever considered for the A720 to continue north of the A8, bypass the A902 Maybury Road, and terminate on the A90 west of Cramman Bridge? Yes. It would have avoided the rather convoluted route which traffic from the A720 has to take to get over the M90. Now, I'm thinking, is is this you? Is this you making up a Twitter account and asking me this? Because it's almost like the wording has come from you because you, you have said that yourself, that it is a convoluted route. Barnton. Bypass. That's what it is, the Barnton Bypass. Barnton Bypass. I'm going to see it it again. (laughs) Barnton Bypass. The most needed section of road in the east of Scotland. I thought you were going to do a Jeremy Clarkson there and go, in the world. No. No, that's the Maryhill Motorway. Um, uh, It it is. You are so right, though. Did you... Well, I'm not going to say did you know, because this isn't fact, but this is an opinion. Um... That the if they built the Barton bypass, just what what um, what's being suggested here by Robert, it probably wouldn't have needed the spur in Could some it? ways. Well, well, well. No, now, hang know, on, no, no, hang no, no, on. no, no, no. Right, okay. The spur <laughs> serves a function to connect yep. you to the motorway network. Yes. Right, but it doesn't connect you properly <clears> to the bypass. You know, so. Have so it connecting having up that there connection as well. via the E ninety mm-hmm. would have made all the difference. And again, this is a scheme that was killed by. Not local people oh. who were desperate to see Maybury Road emptied of traffic. Well, you might not have been popular as popular as you think. Yes, people were in support of it. Yeah. But this was a section that was actually never really considered as part of the original bypass proposals. It was something that was always going to be tacked on later. Well, in our opening booklet for Goga, 
Yes. That states that in 1989, it was decided that the bypass would con continue north to the A90. But not under the same group of contracts that we have. No, just it was now. always, it it was was always going to be another, a later piece. another scheme that was yeah. going to come along. Now, this, this would have been the Barton Bypass. Now, then something happened in 1997. Yeah, change of government. There was a change of government, and any scheme that more or less didn't have a shovel in the ground was cancelled. So what I've done is I've looked up, and I've actually managed to find an article about the fate of this scheme, okay. and I'm going to read it out, if that's okay. Yeah, you go right It's an ahead. old Herald article okay. from uh, 1990, ooh, 8th of July, 1997. Okay, yep. So... Um, <clears throat> Scottish Transport Minister Malcolm Chisholm yesterday scrapped plans to build a controversial bypass on the outskirts of Edinburgh. Announcing the demise of the Barton Bypass project, which was to run between Dalmeny on the A90 and the Goga Roundabout, paving the way for a second fourth road bridge, Mr Chisholm said the decision had been made after consultation with members of the Fourth Transport Infrastructure Partnership. Which then became FETA. Um, was it? Yeah. Right. Yeah. Okay. I you are, you are an expert of such a, things, but a very short-sighted approach. Mm -hmm. uh, the Scottish executive at that time uh, didn't necessarily have a lot of foresight, as I have commented on many times before. Look at yep. the M80 with its two lanes. Um, to see mm. that, um, this, yeah, this should have been made at strategic level. You or know? were they being yeah. pushed by Edinburgh well, City Council? I've got some more information here, so right. I'll read it out, and um, we'll we'll get your. We'll get your thoughts. Uh, all of the local authorities suggested that the Barnton Bypass proposal should not be included in consideration of future options. I mean, that's rubbish. This was in line with the hostile public response to consultation on the draft road orders. Just before I continue, and I will continue, I do find the wording of this quite strange because it almost entirely made sense to build this. If I'm not... Right it's a straight center, line on a map. Yeah, I've read something else about... Um, I believe it was some conservative... MP who was campaigning for it quite heavily yeah, to get it, be, done, it yeah. done up there um, but anyway it says down here I have decided therefore that the strategic review of the trunk road network which we announced recently will examine the options for improved traffic movement based on improvements to the A8000 so that but, but, became the but, but, yeah, I know. it was no the A8000 <laughs> was a completely different and separate issue yeah, to that I know but that it, but that it would be unjustified to devote more resources to considering the Barnton Bypass. The relevant draft orders will be withdrawn, said Mr Chisholm. Jeez. Edinburgh's transport convener... Oh Council my goodness, I'm, I'm going to melt when you say this name. <laughs> it's, it's our man. Uh, Councillor David Begg. Oh my. Yeah, he comes up a lot whenever a road scheme is cancelled, isn't he? He certainly did in that era, and then he, was, <laughs> he then became the darling of the Labour government in, in, in Westminster mm. uh, for a while. I I know that Professor Begg is on, on Twitter. Professor Begg, oh. do you listen to this podcast? I'd be very surprised if you do. Uh, he might do. If you, I mean, if he's, you a man, do. he's a man of transport. He, yeah, he probably we, does. We, we are always open to alternative yep. views and things, and you certainly have them. Uh, we would be <laughs> delighted to, to speak to you. Yeah, okay. Uh, well, well uh, anyway, David Begg welcomed the move. <laughs> announced after a meeting of the group, uh, the first attended by Edinburgh since January, following its withdrawal over doubts on the Barton Bypass project. He said the council had pressed the case for two projects to alleviate congestion on roads into the capital. That's what, uh, and what were they? Unfortunately, that was the end, the end yeah. of the article. It was last updated in 1997. So yeah, that's, just, that's just a snippet, and that's from a newspaper, so we, we're not entirely sure. I bet if you went back to anybody now that lives near uh, Maybury Road, there was that awkward junction with all the strange legs coming off it that goes onto the A90. What's the one with the... Oh, Cram and Brig. Cram and Brig. Can you yeah, imagine, I can't imagine many people living next to that are happy at the several Martin. tens of thousands of vehicles that trundle through there every day. Yeah, there's the a, a funny wee road, that. That's that. It was, I think it was a, an S4. It was one of these roads where yeah. it was a four-lane single carriageway, right. which, which is which is fine. But the, the only thing is that the junctions at either end are, are pretty pretty horrific, mm. aren't they? Um, so no, that that it was it was killed off, and uh, it probably now will never happen. The other big problem you've got at Goga is they built the tram depot and they built that Edinburgh Gateway ah, station. Ah, you could still fly over that always. Oh, ah, no bother for civil engineer yeah. Stuart and there. He's already got his crayons out. Yeah. And then the roundabout, the <laughs> sorry, the, the runway from the airport, the other runway from the airport's gone now. So there's still there is actually a bit more clearance than there used to no, be in there. there I would go. plow that through there, no problem. Well, that's what you should do. Get your crayons out, everyone. Get your pens and pens and. Paper. Paper. Yeah. <laughs> had to think about that there, didn't you? It's been so long since I've done any design work. That's yep. why. Mm -hmm. Get something drawn up and send it in. Yeah. <laughs> no, no, um, but that's the fate of that. So um, next question uh, we're going to go on to. Uh, Nicholas Adam. 
the Sheriff Hall roundabout. Why? Nicholas asks. Why? Less of a question, more of a complaint, really. What's the solution here? So we spoke about why that was put in, but it's because of the old mine workings there. Yeah, and the flyover is obviously the solution. The flyover is now the solution. It has taken a long time because the mine workings were the big constraint around it. That's what will go to considerable cost because they all have to be grouted. Um, Grouted up and improvements made. Yeah. So that it can support the structure. Right. What else have we got? Yeah, get get through more of these bypass questions because you've only got about five minutes left before I cut you off. Uh, I, I, think <laughs> I know you're there looking at your watch. It's, right? a good, it's a good question from Jonathan Towers on Facebook. Right, I'm just trying to find... Do you want to read them out to me? Yeah. So Jonathan asks, uh, hard shoulders, how true is it that the lack of hard shoulders is down to politics rather than economics or engineering reasons? Uh, was there any design work done at initial stages to remove all the at-grade interchanges roundabouts? Uh, well, as we said earlier, all the junctions were always going to be grade separated with the exception of Sheriff Hall, which was for engineering and cost reasons at that yeah. time. Mm-hmm. So I think we've kind of answered that one. In terms of hard shoulders, as mm-hmm. we said, the hard shoulders were put on the worst section of the bypass at that time. Mm. Now, yeah, they, they possibly should be looking at adding more of it now. Um, I, I, I can't say that it's political reasons or otherwise that are the reason for them not being done. I think it's just been a case that, that as a proposal, it hasn't actually come up. No, uh, that's really the main the main reason for that. It's right. one of these things. If you were gonna do a hard shoulders, you might as well add another lane. Yeah. You know? so. <laughs> yeah. Now Jonathan also asks there, and this is one for you. What's the speed limit for light goods vehicles in that route? It's an A road dual carriageway, signed for seventy mile an hour of national speed limit. <laughs> um, as we said earlier, it's a special road. Oh, um, Jonathan, I'm so sorry. Um, you, you know, I, I did see this. Uh, I never got an answer for you, and I, I really don't want to give the wrong answer here. Okay. I don't think I've ever seen an LGV do any less than 75 mile an hour on that road. Well, this this is the thing. Okay, because it is this special road with these things. Generally, you wouldn't <clears> be on the wrong side of the law if they were to. <laughs> yeah. You know. Yeah. Um, because it's not it's not like the national speed limit applies. You I, know. I, I, I do see here that Jack Archibald. Uh, kicked in and said LGVs will be 60 uh, he says he drives one of these vans on a dual carriageway at 60 max so I'd imagine I don't think the special status of that is for speed it's more about restricting what types of things can use it we need, uh, we need to look into it more um, yeah. do you know oh, Nick would be terrific no, no, for PC like, Nick PC would be, Nick would be good for question. this question PC Nick you better still <laughs> listen to this podcast uh, can you answer this question Okay, we'll wait here. <laughs> so yeah, uh, but that is that is a funny one, you know. So that's that's all right. Maybe we have some more info on that. We'll come back to it. Yeah. Okay. So um, another one questions. from from Harriet uh, right. on Twitter. Harriet asks: Is Edinburgh likely to see any motorway development in the south and east? Mm-hmm. Uh, for a major city, the road network is so poor. Mm. Journey times between Edinburgh and Newcastle are horrendous. Yeah, Harriet, you're absolutely right. They are. Uh, but I don't expect there to be any motorway developments of any kind in Edinburgh. What, what I see, and it's not particularly Edinburgh, is you could see at some point in the future, although there are no concrete plans to do so, uh, is the upgrading of the A1 further in the east down to the English border. Now, uh, Highways England are particularly green light. It's a lot of duelling of the A1 north and Newcastle, so that's probably as close as you're going to get to it. Yeah, no, I think you know, so. No, you're not going to see motorways or anything in, in Edinburgh or any massive improvements. No, I think it's doubtful. I'm sorry. I think it's doubtful. <laughs> uh, I, I don't think we've really got time for any other questions. Well, this, we'll, this we'll save them till next, we, next episode. We, we still have one from, from a guy called Murphy uh, on, oh. on Twitter. He asked us a couple of uh, podcasts ago about our fa- favourite fantasy public transport scheme. So I think we'll save that for 27. I, I've seen that. I, I got yeah, an answer for that. Because it's as going well. to need a long answer. Um, because I know you both, both you and I have our own thoughts mm. on what would be good public transport solutions. So I think we'll save that for podcast twenty-seven. Sounds good. We will definitely answer it next time. Absolutely. Okay. Okay. That's fine. So that's us done with the questions. Yes, we are. We're going to have to get it wrapped up now. I just want to say thank you so much for listening to this special podcast all about the Edinburgh City Bypass. We'll go back to Glasgow next episode. Uh, Like I said earlier, if you have any more questions about the bypass or you have some more information about it or information you'd like to give us, tell us, please do get in touch with the email address that Stuart provided earlier. Yep. Make sure you visit the website. 
mm-hmm. glasgows-motorways.org.uk you'll find lots of information on there it'll keep you occupied for hours uh, all our previous podcasts can be found on there as well and there mm-hmm. are a number of changes to some pages being made have a look at the north flank page of the inner ring road you'll see some new material on there uh, that follows hot and heels of the west flank that was finished just a, a few weeks ago you can also subscribe to this podcast incidentally at apple podcasts and on spotify and you'll find us on Podbean as well, which is a free hosting uh, facility that we use. Uh, we have a page on there, so, so go go in there and have a look. Mm-hmm. You'll never miss, it, miss any additions or shows that way. Uh, remember to leave us a rating as well on Apple Podcasts and tell your friends and colleagues about as we, We're always trying to increase the support for this podcast. Absolutely. And get some awareness of us out there. It's getting more and more popular every episode. And for a daily fix of us... Check out our Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram feeds, uh, which I'm sure most of you probably do already. Yeah, that's right. You'll see uh, regular updates on those channels. So, Stuart, if that's everything, I it think that's indeed. all. That's all for now. But we'll be back in a in a week or two, a week or two's uh, time, with some more exciting topics. Hope to see you then. See you then. Bye for now. Bye. <laughs>